Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome back to The Blessed Journey for another week. And this week, you may be starting to feel a little bit stuck. And we're going to explore why that is. Well, actually, let me tell you why that is. As you know, if you caught last week's episode when we looked at Uranus retrograde, Uranus governs change and transformation and revolution in our life. And as we know, when a planet or an astrological body goes into retrograde, it takes its energy and it takes its assistance away. So what you may be finding over the next few months is that these little changes that make life interesting, that keep you progressing, slow down. And you may start to get a little bit frustrated. And why is why am I not getting ahead in life? And also, why is humanity dragging its feet? And there'll be this agitation in there. But what this shows is anywhere where there is agitation is where there is a need for you to um, look at what does need to be changed and start making real strong plans. So when Uranus does go direct again, then, and that will be in January 2022, then it's almost like setting the news resolutions. These are the changes you're going to make to make your life better. And we went through some different essential oils, as in blue tansy, kumquat, pettigrain, um, bitter oranges even snuck in there, and kumquat um, are really, really great, as well as crystals such as herkimer diamond, stitch dyke can be really great, hypothene's really great. All these are great to kind of help us work through that. And if Hopefully you caught last week's episode, so I'm just recapping on that. So that is actually going into retrograde. Uranus is going into retrograde a couple of days ago. So you would have really been feeling that influence now. Over the coming seven days, we also have two major belt asteroids also going into retrograde. Now, what are major belt asteroids? Basically, between Mars and Jupiter, there's a whole kind of ring of asteroids floating around doing their lap around the sun as we all are and these are two major ones in there the influence of these is not going to be as major because they are smaller but they will still add to it so we're going to explore them a little bit but it's not all doom and gloom today because we do have a full moon funnily enough in the sign of Aquarius and guess who governs Aquarius the planet of Uranus but this is our time to work with the heavenly energies to work with mother moon to kind of set packs and confirm with the planet and the moon and the universe of this is what I want to change. And this is the positive change I'm going to bring to the world. And if we have the right intentions with a bit of light, a bit of love, and maybe even a bit of laughter, then all will turn out well in the end. So first of all, let's dive in to explore what these two retrogrades are. So they're two feminine asteroids. Um, The first one is known as Asteroid 100. Now, each of the asteroids are actually numbered in pretty much in the order that they're found, but then they're often given mythological names as well. So 
rather than talking about Asteroid 100, we're going to talk about Asteroid Hecate. Now, Hecate is an ancient goddess. Um, you see her through Greek and Roman mythology and so on. Um, and she is known to be very old and very wise. She has a strong connection to the moon. Sometimes she's depicted as having three faces, just like the moon has those three aspects that we've talked about in the past, that maiden, that mother, and that crone aspect. Or sometimes she is just depicted as being that elderly woman. So this is a goddess who is said to have been through um, or have existed for a long period of time, and thus has that wisdom. She's seen it all, and she knows the cycles of life, just like the moon. Everything the moon sees here on Earth it's seen it all before. There's no news. It, it just had this image, actually. Once upon a time, in a past life, when I was a little bit younger, I used to work as a podium dancer in a nightclub. And it was always interesting because from standing, you know, a metre and a half above the rest of the dance floor, it was what, like watching a little melodrama and you could see what the world unfolding and, you know, people catching each other's eyes or, you know, Partners may be doing something a bit naughty when one of the partners went off to get to the bathroom or to get grab a drink. It, it was very, very interesting. And I kind of felt like maybe that was what the moon sees for us, watching what's all unfolding in here. But anyway, the moon and Hecate, they've seen it all before. They have that wisdom and they kind of have that reassurance as well. So what will be happening on Monday, the 23rd of August is Hecate will be going in retrograde for a few months until November 26. So this crone goddess, um, you know, she also governs things like magical uh, magic, divination, um, and mediumship. And so when the asteroid is in a direct motion, what tends to happen is when you get to crossroads, she helps you find counsel when the, you know and find out which door to open and that type of thing as well. As Hecate goes into retrograde, there may be parts of your life where you start to feel that you're in the dark about and unsure about what path to take. So what you may feel is that you feel a little bit depressed and oh, I, you know, or, or powerless in that way. So we're feeling stuck again. This is amplifying this, this Uranus retrograde energy. Plus, you may feel, oh, I want to seek counsel from a wise um, individual. And this can often be, you know, oh, I might go get a reading or, um, you know, I might, you know, I might go speak to my grand or something like that because you're looking for that, you know, that Hecate energy has gone out of your life. So where can I find it elsewhere? So what do you think the lesson for this retrograde would be? This is a chance for you to realize that you have the ability to find your own answers and shine a torch on the road of your life ahead. So this is a really great time. When Hecate goes into retrograde, so around Monday, this weekend, in the next few days, I'd really try and designate some time to meditate, um, especially at what are known as the threshold times. So Sunday is a full moon, so you definitely want to meditate on full moon. New moons, dark moons, midnight, dawn, um, dusk, and, and either of those twilight times. And this is when Hecate kind of helps to bring up answers of what you should do. Now, if you like to use oracle cards, tarot cards, runes, I Ching, um, pendulums, different things like that for divination as well, around these times and at this time, to find your answers would be really wise as well. So what will happen when Hecate goes direct in November 26, as we're leading into the end of the year, you're going to start to get more support guiding you on what the right path to take is. But I'd really encourage everyone to spend some time in the next few days 
relying on their ability to find their own answers. So when it comes to crystals to support you during Hecate retrograde, you know, black moonstone is my absolute favorite because it's got that dark mystical kind of energy, but it's also associated with the moon. And so this even gray moonstone, brown moonstone, they're going to be really great ones to wear or carry um, over these few days. Just kind of realize it kind of activates our magical ability a little bit more and that faith in ourselves. You know, for thousands of years now, our intuitive aspect has been um, squashed or diminished because people have wanted to see the proof and they've only really valued the intellectual yang aspect of the mind, not the intuitive yin aspect of the mind. And black moonstone really helps to foster that. Now, essential oils, stay tuned. Make sure you've subscribed to my newsletter at adambarillet.com. Or if you're on Instagram and Facebook, I'll have... Um, my Hecate blend going up. But basically, there's four different oils. The first one is juniper berry. Juniper berry really has a strong resonance to Hecate. It's very much juniper berry I love. Whenever I do um, my private readings, I always have a glass of juniper berry there. Juniper berry first works really well with the third eye chakra, so it helps us to find and tune into our intuition. It also helps us to overcome fear doubt and disbelief and especially doubt and disbelief they diminish our intuition because we're like i can't prove it i'm not sure and and each time we knock it back we're not flexing that muscle of our intuition juniper helps us with that as well but juniper berry is also a great detoxer for the body it's great for the organs but on an emotional level you know we we carry emotions in our organs and so when I'm doing a reading, what I find is it's really good to kind of flush that energy out afterwards. Or if you've been around a lot of people, if you're an empath, juniper berry is really great for that. So you can see how that's going to help you to deal with tuning into your own guidance and, and being brave to do that and not holding on any of the heaviness at the moment. So juniper berry is really great for that. Second oil is a, um, a crown chakra oil. It's clary sage, the, the softer sister of sage. Clary sage is very much a um, an oil that helps us. You know, when we think of the crown chakra and connection, we often think of connecting to, um, you know, our guides, the creator, angels, something outside of ourselves. And clary sage teaches us that we are part of the universe, and thus we can find that connection and the answers within ourselves. And so absolutely ideal for this kind of Hecate retrograde when it is a time to go within and find yourself. Now, when you look at plants that are sacred to Hecate, you often find um, a lot of root plants were, um, things like mandrake and things that dogs would actually dig up um, and and sometimes even like hypnotic or um, plants that would cause a bit of kind of um, altered states to help you kind of get into get out of the conscious mind into that magical intuitive mind so a really great um, root oil that's not directly linked to Hecate but I think it's quite powerful in in its power to Hecate is spikenard this is a mythical uh, root oil and it really helps us to honor ourselves and to realize that we have the ability to guide our own life that we are here for a purpose and not to diminish ourselves. So that's a really great one for this Hecate energy as well, as is Magnolia. We're talking about Mother Moon before, being very old and wise, as well as Hecate, the Magnolia species of trees. Been around for a long, long time, longer than bees. It used to rely on beetles to pollinate it. 
Magnolia has a very calming energy. I, it's one of my favorite oils to use around the new moon to help settle us down, to reassure us that all will be okay. And as we relax, we allow our intuition to come in together. So make, bring these oils around Monday. Tomorrow, bring these oils into kind of um, your use. So you can make blends with juniper berry, clary sage, spike nard, magnolia. If you don't have all those oils, you may find one that's a similar that you can substitute. Use your own intuition. That's what we're meant to be doing. Um, or just omit it and just use three or two of the oils. You can either mix them all together in a blend or... You know, you might want to put juniper berry in your water. You might want to put spike nut on your feet when you go to bed at night. Magnolia is great around on the face, especially around the eye socket. And clary sage is a beautiful one to diffuse or to anoint over the womb. Um, especially it helps with um, menstrual health and um, hormone balance for both guys and girls. So that may be a way of using it as well. So that's kind of what to expect and how to be ready for Hecate retrograde. So know when you're feeling that you don't know the answers, Yes, you do. You just need to take a little bit more time, relax a little bit more, play it. If you've got, if you've never played around with oracle cards or tarot or pendulums or I Ching or runes or anything like that, have a look at them. And maybe this is a great time to look in at, at, at you know how you can use these and what you find out of them. Resist the temptation to go and get a reading straight away. You have the ability to find your own answers. But if you do want a reading, contact me. No, <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, so, no, well, you can. And if you cl click on my link tree, there are availabilities to book readings with me if that's what you're after. Now, what I wanted to do uh, next is I wanted to talk to you about the second retrograde, which will be happening next weekend or on Saturday the 28th of August. This is Lilith retrograde, asteroid 1181, another um, asteroid that's floating around in that main asteroid belt. Now, Lilith is a really interesting character. And what you'll find, you know, normally when you Google Hecate or any of the other goddesses that we might talk about, like Athena or Hera or Vesta um, and so on, you'll get this really clear picture. And pretty much all the sites and all the pictures and the artwork and that will be in the same vein of each other. Lilith is quite different. So let me tell you a little bit about the story of Lilith. So once upon a time in the Garden of Eden, there was a man and a woman, a man called Adam and a woman called Lilith. And God popped them there one day. And so on the first day in the Garden of Eden, Adam goes, well, I might go have a look around this place and explore because, you know, that sounds like a manly thing to do. So off he went. And Lilith sat there for a little while and went, hmm, well, this is boring. I might go for a bit of a wander too and have a look. So off she went. And as she started to explore the Garden of Eden, she became absolutely enthralled in all the little details of all the plants and the animals. And she wanted to know how it all worked. And then as the sun set, she didn't rush home, but she became enamored and fascinated with the stars. And it is said that Lilith was actually the first individual to understand astrology um, and to, you know, be able to forecast what would be happening and interpret what would be happening in, in the future. Now, this kind of doesn't always go well with certain creator gods because they believe that they are the only one who should know what's going to happen and you should just go along for the ride. 
rather than Lilith having that power. And, you know, the same, the angel Cocobiel, who loved the stars and taught humanity astrology as well, is accused of being possibly, you know, upsetting the creator in doing that as well. Anyway, what happens? So Lilith's out, she's staring at the stars, she's working out, you know, how the plants grow and how the animals work, and she just loves the universe. She thinks it's amazing. Adam comes home that night, and he's like, where on earth is Lilith? She's meant to be my wife. Wouldn't mind some dinner. Nothing's been cleaned. She's not been home all day. And he started to get a bit disappointed. So he had a bit of a whinge to God. And what ended up happening is Lilith got you know removed from the Garden of Eden and then in came Eve and we know that Eve was a bit more, well domesticated let's say <laughs> and you know she kind of did what she was meant to do according to adam and that creator god so lilith is often portrayed this is where you'll see in um if you start googling her name l-i-l-i-t-h um you'll find that sometimes she's represented as this demon or this ghastly figure and very dark and that kind of thing because basically she was seen as not being virtuous because she was disobedient but basically, this is she's, she was the rebel who was like, I'm not going to do what I'm meant to do. I'm going to do what my heart tells me to do. And isn't that such an inspiring archetype to really get behind? Now, also, when you do look at Lilith in astrology, you'll find different things come up. There's um, Lilith, the dark moon, and Lilith, um, a, a calculated point. There's a couple of different things that are more calculated points in astrology. But the Lilith asteroid is actually a rock floating in the sky. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about asteroid 1181. So with all that, you know, this energy of rebelling against repression, what is Lilith about? Well, she encourages you basically to boldly be who you want to be. And she really confronts issues of repression and discrimination. And she's very much, very much as she moves through the sky, she triggers different things and supports different things, um, especially against sexism um, aimed against women. So at Lilith Retrograde, what you're going to start finding is that you start to feel repressed in some way, especially if you're a woman or have a strong yin or feminine energy. Um, now, this is interesting because we tend to attract repressing people and situations into our life to mirror the inner restrictions that we have placed upon ourselves. So during this retrograde time, ask yourself, am I allowing others' attitudes towards me to hold me back? As well as, why do I believe I should adhere to this repression? So let me read those two questions out again. Am I allowing others' attitudes towards me to hold me back? And... Why do I believe I should adhere to this repression? So this is a chance for rather than to fight against the repression, it's to look within. And remember, retrogrades really give us a chance to learn something about ourselves and how to change our lives. Identify where you're accepting imposed limitations on yourself. And as it starts to go direct around the 18th of November, it's time to really take steps to release these shackles and expose your boundless self to the world. So you can, you know, really look at, okay, I'm feeling repressed, I'm feeling stuck. And this, you know, I always think, and I, I, I should have, before I jumped on to record this podcast, maybe done a bit more research, but you hear stories of people such as, um, that were in concentration camps around the world, or, or you know, um, prisoners of war. 
and they survived against all odds. And one of the things that they always attribute this to is their attitude. You know, when we come, we've been talking about this last week and this week about feeling restricted and, and repression and, and things not happening. And remember that control is a perception. And how we, we have control on some things, we don't have control of other things, but how we react to what is happening around us, that is the thing we always have control over. And that's what Lilith will really help you to look at is how are you letting yourself, you know, okay, well, you, your partner says that you're not allowed to do this. Well, why does that mean that your partner has to be right? Now, I, this is not meant to kind of evoke all out wars in your personal life and your greater life. But look at if you're feeling repressed, that's because you're allowing yourself to feel repressed. How can you get out of that? Now, there are situations where some individuals find themselves in relationships where there is, you know, some kind of mental abuse or financial abuse or psychological abuse where you're feeling caught in that. And I, if, if you feel that that's possibly where you are, there are some great services that can help you in a really subtle but powerful way to get yourself out of them. And they may, that may arise for a few individuals as well. But for all of us, in some way, we allow ourselves to be repressed to stop ourselves from being who we truly are. And that's what's going to come to light at this time. To help with this, you know, a couple of crystals that come to mind. The first crystal that comes to mind is Covalite. Covalite is this metallic blue crystal. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful and really helps to empower and it, um, the individual. It works with the third eye. It helps us to look at what we're scared to look at. And it's really, really nice for, um, what would I, you know, for kind of bringing that inner wisdom and that inner reflection. Really, really great in that way. Another couple of crystals, there's a crystal called Seraphonite. Now this is found in Russia. It's green and the patterning on it has like white wings. And so it's almost like eagle wings or angel wings. And when I work with it, it feels like my wings are being unfurled. So Seraphonite is beautiful in that way for helping you to unfurl your wings and feel greater freedom and create greater freedom in your life. But there's also golden Seraphonite, which is the same stone, but just different coloration where it's black with golden wings. A lot rarer, but if you get your hands on some, it's pretty cool. Anyway, I absolutely adore golden Seraphonite. And this one's really great for protection against those in, in, in inhibiting energies. So if you can get your whole hands on that, or if you have that in your collection, this is going to be great next weekend around Saturday 28th. Remember, it's when a planet's going in or an asteroid is going in and out of retrograde that you're going to get the biggest shakeup. So Uranus going into retrograde plus Hecate and Lilith, you're just going to feel stuck for a while. But remember that you've got to look at where you're allowing yourself to feel stuck or you're allowing yourself to be stuck and you're allowing that to become an excuse in your life. And all these things we're talking about are going to help with that. Essential oils, as I said, I'm going to have my um, Lilith Retrograde blend out in my newsletter um, coming out tomorrow. So subscribe to that at umbrellalade.com. And if you're too late to subscribe to that, you'll catch it also in social media land as well on the days that those retrogrades happen. Um, oils that I'm using for um, Lilith, a few different ones. First of all, there's two oils that I really find and in my um, my essential oil oracle deck, the magic of essential oils, which comes out on the 9th of the 9th. Um, there's two that I attribute to Lilith. Um, and they are star anise, which can be a little bit harder at the source, and fennel. 
These are really about that perception and understanding. So these are going to be really great using one of them in a blend. Patchouli. Patchouli really encourages you to drop into the moment to be more selective of what you allow into your life and what you don't allow into your life. Um, really love it in that way. Um, when it comes to breaking fr free from limitation, yuzu is an amazing essential oil. Now, this is only normally available for a limited times with doTERRA um, in Japan. Um, you do find it, though, in the Motivate blend. So yuzu is, when we normally think of it, it's a citrus um, oil gifted to us from the fruit of this plant. When we normally think of citrus trees, we normally think of warm, almost tropical or Mediterranean climates. And yuzu is actually one of the citruses that thrives best in more cold environments. So it grows in places such as Japan and China. Its tree has these thorns on it. So you have this beautiful yellow fruit with this beautiful essential oil. And the fruit is used for different things as well. Um, growing in this cold, harsh, dark climate of you know cold weather, snowy weather, um, and thorns on the tree, but yet it still allows itself to shine. And that's exactly what Yuzu essential oil allows us to do. It allows us to shine no matter what environment we're actually in. Now, if you can't get your hands on Yuzu, lemon essential oil is a really great substitute as well. Um, so I love lemon. Again, lemon has that, it resonates really beautifully with seraphonite as allowing those wings to unfurl and allowing yourself to take off, allowing your brilliance to shine. Um, thyme or summer savory. Summer savory helps to bring out our wild side. Thyme helps us to look at what is um, what we're keeping inhibited and kind of go inwards. So either of these oils can be really great as well. Again, thyme's available quite easily. Summer savory can be a little bit harder. Rose. Rose really helps us to open up that unconditional love and to you know accept things as they are and to embrace things as they are rather than get stuck in how things should be or how they're not in that way. And sandalwood really helps us. It's a third eye chakra oil, either Indian um, or Hawaiian, even Australian sandalwood suffice. Really good for helping that connection and helping you reach out to beneficial relationships. You see, when we plant sandalwood trees, this was such an amazing experience. As you know, um, I love working with doTERRA essential oils and I was actually invited to fly over to Hawaii a couple of years ago now to plant. Um, doTERRA has bought this massive area of farmland that used to be natural forest and they've committed to replanting it back to natural forest. One of the things they're going to be planting throughout that forest are Hawaiian sandalwood trees to create a sustainable supply for the future. Um, now, and we got invited to come over and actually start planting and to plant some of the little seedlings and they actually numbered them and we can track them and it's really quite exciting. Um, but we couldn't just plant sandalwood tree next to sandalwood tree next to sandalwood tree because as sandalwood trees grow, their root system will reach out and hold onto the root system of another plant and rely on it for other nutrients such as nitrogen. So sandalwood really helps us to attract and to reach out to beneficial relationships. So if you are in relationships where you are getting repressed or your energy is taken away, sandalwood helps you reach out to what's going to actually nurture you. So that's a really great one as well. So those oils again, fennel or star anise, patchouli, yuzu or lemon, rose, sandalwood, thyme or summer savory. And again, you can play around with them however you want, but they're all really going to help you with that energy of um, Lilith Retrograde. 
So just know, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling frustrated, that that's what's in the energy of the universe right now. It's a reason or an opportunity, I should say, for you to get out and find out why am I feeling stuck? What do I need to do? How can I empower myself to get out of these situations? And hopefully over the last 25 minutes or so, I've given you some guidance on that. The exciting thing is, and what we're going to tackle after the break, is that we do have a full moon in Aquarius. And so we're going to tackle that and how you can spend that full moon in Aquarius. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. We are exploring what is happening in the skies in the next seven days to kind of influence us. And we've been looking at all the retrogrades and how possibly we might be feeling a little bit stuck. But this is an opportunity for us to open our own opportunity doors and realize that it is often our mindset or um, the restrictions of our own making that keep us where we are. And so this is a great chance to find out where am I frustrated? Where am I feeling stuck? What do I need to do to break free of this and start to take those steps? Especially November, December, going into January, the retrogrades will be all coming out, these restrictive retrogrades to allow us to recreate ourselves. So, you know, I think at the start of 2021, we're all excited like, oh, last year we had that dreadful pandemic and now we can just get on with our lives. And Delta was <laughs> kind of the, the the strain of 2021. And I think now we're looking towards 2022. Now, beyond the pandemics, um, there's, you know, just what's happening in our life in general. And it may be about looking forward a little bit and, and working out how does life look different? How do I want freedom in my life to present itself? Now, we've been talking a lot about Uranus and a little bit about Aquarius because today, the day this podcast is released, is the full moon in Aquarius. Now, I offer a course each year which kind of allows you to get updates on all these different things. You get a calendar. And one of my very thorough students emailed me and said, Adam, I think there's been a typo because last month it was full moon in Aquarius as well. It was, and it wasn't a typo, and I'm not making a mistake now. So normally what happens is the moon in a full lunar cycle goes right around the zodiacs and then does an extra one. And so you'll find that normally it goes Aries, Taurus, Gemini throughout the year type of thing. Um, but occasionally where it is in within that sign last month, it was kind of at the start of Aquarius. Now it's near the end of Aquarius. And so next month, the, the journey will continue on in that way. So as we know, if you're a regular listener to The Blessed Journey, I often talk about each full moon is an opportunity for us to focus on one aspect of life. And last month we looked at Aquarius is very much about how do we bring our light to the world? How do we make this world a better place? How do we improve our community? It's about our community contribution and our humanity contribution and just being a better person, really. Now you may go, oh, another full moon focusing on that. I really already did that. Now, you have two options here, or you can blend it. And this is really quite exciting. You would have heard of the term blue moon. Now, a blue moon is not when the moon turns blue. Unlike a blood moon, which is caused from an eclipse and the position of the sun, the moon and the earth, and it actually goes a red color for a little while, a blue moon is kind of a off-the-cuff saying of, oh, well, the moon rarely turns blue. It's not like, it, it's kind of like when pigs fly. It's that type of expression. So when is a blue moon? It depends. Uh, now, some people 
say it's when we get a second full moon in the same calendar month. But our Gregorian calendar is a man-made construction and is not in alignment with either the dance of the earth or the dance of the heavens. So you could go, oh, well, is that a blue moon or is that not? Some people say it's when there's more than three full moons in a season. Now, again, the seasons are dictated by, you know, summer being these three months, autumn being these three months, and so on, and that type of thing. And if we get a fourth moon in there, that's a blue moon. Um, or you can go with it's when we get a second moon in the same astrological sign, which this is a blue moon. Now, you can, you can celebrate a blue moon on any of those times. So don't feel that you can't, and you'll see that through social media and different blogs and posts and so on, we'll probably be talking about this as a blue moon. And yes, it is. It definitely is a blue moon. So you, a blue moon is seen as a bonus full moon, and it's kind of an extra auspicious and magical moon when you can focus on whatever you want. You know, this is where, with that color of blue, I like to bring in some of my high vibration blue crystals. These are things like star sapphires, uh, just blue sapphires, tanzanite, iolite. These are all brilliant to work with, to maybe do a bit of divination work and then kind of follow your lead and follow your intuition on that full moon night. It also has a resonance with unicorn energy. Now, unicorns, uh, I've, I've spoken them about them before, um, but they are believed to be horses that have gone through many lifetimes and have come to understand exactly how the world works. They're enlightened beings in horse form. And so that horn that comes out of their forehead is coming out of their third eye chakra. And whether that's a physical, practical horn or if it's a pillar of light, either way, unicorns are seen as being very guiding. So this is a great time to do unicorn meditations and work with your unicorn work if that resonates with you. Otherwise, you can just stick with, hey, it's an Aquarius, I'm going to stick with that Aquarian energy. So what are some tips we can kind of do when working with this type of energy of this full moon? So one thing I always like to remind you is if you only meditate for one day a year, so one day a month through a lunar cycle, make it on the full moon. So the fact that this podcast came out on the day of the full moon, we want to make sure that, you know, whatever you're doing now, because the moon is an amplifier and she amplifies on the full moon, if you start the day wrong, it's just going to get out of control. So... What I really encourage is take some time to relax. It's really nice to cleanse the space. Um, I have a bit of a recipe of four drops of curry sage, three drops of eucalyptus, one drop of white grapefruit, or you can use regular or pink grapefruit. Um, and for this one, I use one drop of lemongrass as well. Um, and you can use this blend to cleanse away stress um, and you know, promote balance and calm in your area. Diffuse this throughout the day to keep the day nice and cleansed. Then at night, this is when we kind of make our um, declaration to the universe. This is what I would like to align with. I declare that I would like to contribute more in this way, or this is, I create opportunities. You know, to be honest with you, in the last full moon in the Aquarius a month ago, what my big passion is, my driving passion is animal conservation. And I want to get myself to the point in income where I can generate income, where I can funnel that into animal conservation projects. I can't understand how you can be listening to me after I sat here a few days ago and in front of a computer spoke into another bit of metal with a bit of cloth over it that record this and it can send around the world. How can we do that? But yet someone with an old rifle can kill an elephant 
every 30 minutes and we can't stop that. It, you know, shocks my mind. I, I, I don't understand. It's just a lack of priorities. And I really want to use my financial value to be able to help to bring awareness and to stop that in, in whatever way that I can. So that, that really is what, you know, and, and so I ask for new opportunities to come up for me to help me create that abundance and for me to even start doing something now. I don't need to have large amounts of money, even small amounts I can direct. And that's where, you know, with, with my business projects, I often help to feed um, injured birds of prey with a local charity that's in my area, different things like that. So that's what I'm passionate about. For you, it might be totally different, but that's what you want to focus on on the full moon. Now, you can either grab a candle and charge a candle, and a white candle is really good for this clarity of kind of that Aquarian full moon, or because Aquarius is an air sign, you can charge some incense. And I'll pop a link of a video talking a little bit more about that. It just came out on my YouTube um, channel in the last week, and that tells you really brilliantly, you charge basically 14 sticks of incense, um, and you burn one each day. And you even watch the incense as it's burning each day for a little while, and see if there's any divination tree signs or messages, because obviously the smoke is drifting up out into the universe. It's the best um, element, air, because it travels the furthest, the fastest, for communicating with the universe and getting our message out to the universe. But it's also, as we watch that smoke, it allows angels, guides, the creator, to also offer us guidance on what we should be doing as we just watch that smoke. Now, whether you see shapes in the smoke, or whether just a trance-inducing state that shuts up the monkey mind for a little while allows new inspiration to come in, that can be really powerful as well. So give that a shot. Um, you can't, there are, you know, what incense do you use? I'm a fan of Nag Champa. I really like the combination of that. But, you know, a simple Google search, or if you know your plants well, think about what your aim is, and then find a plant that, you know, connects with that. Even when you go into a lot of new age shops, you'll find that they have incense based on love or abundance or that type of thing as well. So that's another activity that you can do. The crystal that works really well um, for this is still that Herkimer diamond, which we talked about a month ago. It's a type of quartz, it's very clear. It amplifies our pursuits because we have greater clarity. It's a transformational crystal, very powerful in that way. So that's how I'd be spending the full moon. Um, blends. You know, a bit of um, neroli. Neroli is associated with Aquarius and Uranus um, and helps us to think outside the square, helps us to be a bit more bold, helps us to get close to people and to network with people. Lemon myrtle, because lemon myrtle is an equalizer of relationships, so it's really great as we step out into the community. As you know, this is one thing I learned when I went with doTERRA to Nepal and we were helping to rebuild a hospital in a very poor area up in the mountains. And their big saying with the charity foundation that they work with called Choice Humanitarian was a hand up, not a hand out. And it wasn't about here, we'll just throw some money at you and leave you, leave you with it. It's about we're going to work with you together. Because what's been found in the past, if you just give people, underprivileged people money or build something for them and they have no buy-in or empowerment in it, they don't honor it. It's the same as when we give something away as opposed to someone pays for something. When they value it, they you know they take care of it, and so we work. We worked alongside the local people to help rebuild this hospital, rather than just going in there and building it for them and then handing them the keys. And so lemon myrtle really helps us to see this equality and to work together. It's very Lemurian in its energy, 
And then cedarwood is another great oil to put in your full moon blend that night as well. It's about standing tall and strong in your community and allowing your light to shine. So there's some tips on how to spend the full moon. Please reach out to me if you have any questions or on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Let me know how you're spending the full moon or shoot me an email. My email is in the show notes below this recording. So the good news is that although we have three retrogrades that may help us feel restricted and inhibited, the full moon gives us a chance to go, okay, these feelings of frustration within me and feeling frustrated because I'm not creating the life I want to do create i'm not doing what i want to do i'm not contributing to the world the way i want to contribute and now i'm going to make a declaration to the universe and to the you know to the world and the creator and the angels and my guides and myself that this is what i want to do this is how i want to bring more light more love more laughter more hope into the world and i ask the universe to bring me opportunities for that to unfold thank you so much for joining me on the blessed journey today I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.